Welcome to Center Stage. My name is Mark Gordon. In 1996, I met Hope Davis. She was doing press for her new film, The Day Trippers. Since then, she has not stopped working, appearing in numerous films and television shows. Most recently, she was featured in Your Honor with Brian Cranston and Perry Mason. Stay tuned as we go back to the early days of Center Stage with Hope Davis. Center Stage, Center Stage, Center, Center, Center Stage. Center Stage. Let's go back to the beginning. Don't you love when they say that? Yes. Let's go back to the beginning. Now, I um, was reading that uh, your career. Oh, okay. Um, you studied cognitive psychology. I, cu- I studied cognitive science right, at now, Vassar, yeah. And it, uh, I love just saying that I'm talking to somebody from Vassar. I, love I know. That. People, either, people either love that or they think, oh, it's really snooty. But, but uh, it's uh, the study of the brain and how people think. Yeah. Do you think that was more helpful in your acting career than taking all the Shakespearean classes? No. <laughs> it, did, it did nothing for my acting career. But uh, I, I'm really glad that I got an education. I think it's really important for actors because, mm-hmm. you know, it can be a profession that does tend to drain your brain a little bit. And uh, I wanted to, you know, learn some things about the world before I stepped in here. So I'm glad that I did it, yeah. What's interesting about, you know, how people think, because in the film The Day Trippers, mm-hmm. Your character spends, you know, the hour and a half trying to yeah. figure out how she thinks, how her parents think, and how her husband, what he's thinking. Yeah, and also, as you know, as far as my character went, since I don't, I don't speak really that much during the film. Uh, basically, all you do is see her, you know, thinking through what's going on and what could be happening, and you know, so that's, I mean, that's basically what my whole characterization was about was what her thought process was, because it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of physicality, there weren't a lot of lines, so it all had to be up in my head, you know, in my face. When I used to uh, do acting, I would look through the script and I go, well, I don't have any lines. What I know. am I going to do? <laughs> I, I know, especially with plays. Oh God! I have to stand there and listen. Did you have to hold a sword? No, but I, I almost did, did one of those, spear? but I said, no, I don't want to do this. Actually, I did do a spear in an opera. Did you? I arrested uh, Placido Domingo. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in uh, Don Carlos. Oh, wow. Um, but but anyway... It's probably hard to drag him off the stage, huh? He's a yeah. big guy. Yeah. I mean, he's not that big. Well, it's not hard when it's in the direction. Oh, okay. He was willing to go, <laughs> leaving the light behind. I uh, Guardo. I was a guardo. <laughs> Um, but I stood there. Didn't actually. I didn't get to sing. I just stood there. It was a super. Yeah. But do you think that's is that the hardest part about acting is listening? And is that the most important part? No, it's so much easier than talking. Uh, you know, it was it was great for me on this film because I hadn't really had that much experience acting on you know for the camera before, and I was really nervous. And I was so grateful that I didn't have to be, you know, spouting long monologues and, and you know playing some big character. I got to really just concentrate on you know relaxing and using my face and you know not having to talk it was I was grateful you know I don't think it's too hard to listen Mm -hmm. really well now with all your experience on the stage there are certain tools that you know that use for that profession to be a stage actor Uh, what tools do you bring to make the transition to the screen and what tools do you leave behind well sounds like and it's tool talk. <laughs> and what tools Let do you Let me get out of my toolbox. <laughs> you, you know, see, I got up very early this morning to construct <laughs> these questions. <laughs> well done, man. 5.30 in the morning. Um, 
you know, you leave, uh, you leave the size stuff behind. You leave all the big stuff. You leave the big gestures and, you know, all your vocal work that you've done. You leave it all behind. But it's, you know, it, it's, it's not really that different to act for the camera. I don't find that it's that, you know, big of a shift. It's, it's technical and there are a lot of things going on, but, you know, acting is acting. And it's all about, you know, your instinct and what's going on in the scene. What about the the audience yeah um, because there is no audience when you're shooting a film but do you imagine that hey Mark is going to be out there watching his film and his buddies are going to be watching no, his family no god oh my, I never you'd think you'd have been nervous that. if you thought I was watching a film yeah I, that would make me so nervous and you know there is an audience there are you know 20 or 30 or 40 50 crew people standing there but they usually don't look too interested you know because really? yeah they're usually like eating donuts and just kind of staring at the floor and making signs at each other and you know they're not usually paying attention but you know you're so you're so focused because you're aware of the camera you're so focused on the scene and who's there in front of you you can't think about the audience the only time I thought about the audience is when I had to do my little sex scene with Stanley Tucci then I was worrying I was worrying a lot mm. it's like someone I was like my mother's going to see this that's well, what I could think of well with the play I mean you there is a sense that people are out there and even if they're quiet you still, because you st when you're connected with your role and it's yeah. very dramatic, you get a sense from the quiet of the audience that's really powerful. Now, it, that must be a different experience then, even though there are 20 people in, you know, in a film audience. Is it e still easy to bring up the level of performance? Yeah, it is. It is only because, you know, you know that the camera is recording something that, and, you know, the take they pick is going to be on film forevermore. You know, like there's an investment that's happening there and you don't, you know, you want to be concentrated. It's not hard to focus, you know, just because they're not people necessarily watching you. And your peers are watching you, your cast members and your director and, you know. The program is center stage tonight. We're talking with the wonderful, vivacious Hope Davis, who is now a sure sex symbol. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Well, you did this. You did the uh, the the sex scene. I did. I yeah, did. with Stanley Tucci. <laughs> hey, uh, you have the you get to work with um, was it Liv Shriver? Liev Shriver. Liev. 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 Yeah. Liev Shriver. Is there a sex symbol tie-in coming? No, but here? what I was doing is I was just going through it because you worked with him. Um, you did a Broadway show with we, them? We did a play together, yeah. Is that, what are the advantages and disadvantages to that, working with uh, someone that you've worked with before? Well, we played, we played Romeo and Juliet together in this, it was kind of a rewritten version, and uh, the disadvantage was, in Day Trippers, I, I spent my entire, I spent most of the film sitting next to him in the car, and uh, when we played Romeo and Juliet together, it was kind of a wild production where we hit each other a lot and smacked each other a lot. We played it really as adolescents, running around, kicking each other. So I spent a lot of day trippers with Leah, like elbowing me in the side and cracking really bad jokes just before one of my big close-ups when I had to like have little tears glistening in my eyes. So, um, but you know, the the great thing about doing a film like this is that it was a community of actors. We all kind of knew each other. We'd all done stage stuff and seen each other on stage and you know, worked together. So do you um, do you have a favorite scene from the film? <sighs> I love, I really love, you know, I love the film. I really love a lot of it. I, everything that Ann Mira does makes me laugh. She, she still cracks me up. I've seen the film eight times, and she still makes me laugh really hard. I think my favorite scene that I have is a, a little scene I have with m the man who plays my dad, Pat McNamara, when, um, you know, midway through all the chaos and everyone's starting to get angry at each other, we have this little moment outside when I hug him and just say, thanks, Dad. You know, thanks for being here all day, and thanks for driving us around, and... 
He just looks at me and he says, sure, kid. And we exchange a little glance. That's kind of my favorite scene, you know? He's one of those silent characters, the kind of silent dad that you know is always there, you know? Really loves his family. He has that. I mean, you, you get the sense uh, that, you know, the relationship with him and his wife, you know, you yeah. can tell that he's basically there and he doesn't really say much. Yeah. And uh, because she is so She's so loud and over, overbearing. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know where I'm going with that. Oh, but <laughs> it happens to me all the time. It does. Where am I? Um, but how many of these interviews have you done? You must 72 today. Yeah. No. Um, you know, a lot. What's this process like for you? Well, you know, it's I'm new at it. So, you so know, that's why I get to talk to you, because you're new. I mean, next year. You're <laughs> I'll be like, who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um, I'm new at it. So parts of it are strange. Parts of it are really fun. I'm, you know, I'm basically so thrilled that the film is coming out because it really was a long road um, to get this film into the theaters. Um, well, now when did when did when did was it finished shooting? We shot it uh, over two years ago. We over shot two it two years, years ago. ago last fall. Yeah, and it's taken all this time. You know, we shot. We had no money when we finished shooting it. We shot it for an incredibly small amount of money. Yeah, what seventy seventy thousand dollars? Yeah, a little under seventy thousand dollars. Now, how do you get paid for? Do you get scale for this? Um, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, makes a special deal, and yeah, we get. You know, you have to pay SAG actors, or they won't let you work. It's part of the. You know, our union protects us. We got paid. You know, a very small amount of cash, and a lot of the crew worked for. You know, deferred salaries. They worked for no money. And after we finished shooting, it was such a long road to, you know, to, to beg for favors from sound editors and this and that, that it took a long time to put together. And then it took a long time to get a distributor. So, you know, we're so happy that it's coming out. And, and now that it's been playing the festivals, it's had such an incredible reception that, you know, I would do a million interviews for this film. I'm, really? I'm so happy that it's alive, yeah. We feel like this is like the film with nine lives, you know. It's 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 try, you know people have tried to like drain this one so many times. I mean it, you know from the first day when our camera was stolen. You know. Well, how did you break your or you sprained your ankle? I sprained my ankle in the most embarrassing fashion. What happened? We were we were shooting a, a scene around the kitchen table and Anne Mira had a big monologue and uh, it was late at night and Parker Posey and I I'm, I have a very bad. Uh, self-control thing with laughter. I laugh, you know, when things are going wrong, I start giggling. <laughs> and uh, Parker and I couldn't stop laughing during the take, and the crew was just ready to mutiny because it was 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, we'd been shooting and shooting. And, you know, the stupid actors can't get themselves together, and I, was, I couldn't stop laughing through five or six takes. And finally I, I said, look, everyone, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Let me just run outside and get a breath of fresh air, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to do this scene. And I you know, giggling and red-faced, I got up and went running out of the room and I tripped over this roll of gaffer's tape that was sitting in the middle of the hallway and I fell and uh, busted my ankle. Oh, wait a minute. Was, <laughs> was it just placed there conveniently? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> well, sounds was trying like to get Agathe, me. Sounds like an Agatha Christie thing <laughs> going, huh? It was gaff, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the whole night of shooting was lost after that. And then I spent the next few days, you know, we had to shoot. We had to keep shooting because we only had our actors for this certain amount of time. So they would just prop me up in the doorways and stuff, and Greg would prop me up somewhere. And I used to be a dancer, so I have very good balance. And I could balance on one foot long enough, they would prop me up and we would shoot the scene quickly, and then someone would come running at me with my crutches. And 
we hobble to the next thing. Well, speaking of dance, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some music. We'll take a little break and just dance around a little bit. Should I dance the, for you? Yeah, now that the oh, now I'd the, love to. Now that the, well, you know, I used to dance in Las Vegas. You used to. Dance? I did dance in Vegas and Brazil. Let's do a number. Well, do, I haven't danced I do, all day. I do more like the standard stuff. I don't do the breaking. I don't do the popping or oh, locking. Oh, I can spin around on my head. I do, I can do, you believe it? Do, so, so we'll be right back with uh, with Hope Davis. All uh, right, let me get my shoes on. I always bring my tap shoes with me. You never know when you're going to need to. There you go. Yeah. And you're tuned to KXLU Los Angeles. My name is Mark Gordon, and the program is Center Stage. Uh, joining us tonight, uh, dancing our way into the hearts <laughs> <laughs> uh, of everyone, of all my listeners, uh, is uh, is Hope Davis, and uh, so we were talking about the 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 ankle. The ankle is down. Yeah. And uh, so now, what's what's next for you? Uh, I have three other uh, films coming out this three year. Three films. Yeah. Ripping, huh? Yeah, I'm ripping. Now you've already shot these and everything. Yep, they're all shot. They're in the can, as they say. Don't you love that? Yeah. I'm excited about them. Well, you know, we shot Day Trippers a while ago, so I've had some time since then, you know, to do some work. That's what's, you know, I guess that's what's amazing because when you, when the films come out, you know, you'll see, you'll see like Brad Pitt, now he's in like three or four films. Yeah. And uh, you think, gosh, man, he's just work after work after, but, uh, you know, with film, because it sits in the quote unquote can. It sits in the can. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah. you know, like, wow, that one's in the can. Now, does does your uh, does your uh, like negotiating power go up more after each film? No. What, 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 <laughs> yes, actually, it no. Does. But what what gives? Uh, I know what if you gives get not, you any power? Yeah, what gives you power in this town? Well, you know, uh, Day Trippers actually has been a big help to me because uh, the buzz is so, you know I have to say you that look word, great. The buzz. I mean, you look great in the film. Oh, thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. Thank you. I had this woman come up to me after the screening last night, and she said, are you her? And I said, um, yeah, I'm hope." She said, you look so much better in person. You're so lovely. And I was like, oh, um, uh, thank you. I guess I didn't know what to say. I used to have, I used to have people uh, when, I was, uh, when I was working in Vegas, because we worked with click tracks, you know. But I, I, don't, I don't know what click tracks are. It's where they pre-record music. And so we have this huge chorus under us. Oh, oh, right. Okay. And then they... They have like uh, minus tracks where you sing, you know. Okay. So it's singing. So Is this kind of like karaoke? Kind of, okay. but on a bigger scale. Okay. Karaoke. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us this evening. <laughs> no, and so anyway, I'm doing, I'm killing myself. I'm singing this thing, and this lady comes up to me afterward, and she goes, she goes, oh, I really enjoyed the singing. Were you really singing live? <laughs> Was that really you singing? <laughs> but she really enjoyed it. That's all that matters. So wait, so now where did you, you said you were a dancer, where did you dance? I was a dancer. Well, I wanted to be a dancer very badly. I actually, you know, acting was not on the top of my list. I wanted to be a ballerina. Really? Yes. That's, I was obsessed with dance. I would like lie on my shag rug back in Jersey and flip through all these books looking at Baryshnikov and Gelsey Kirkland and I tried to starve my, I tried to get really skinny and I just ate bran muffins and I smoked cigarettes and I practiced on my point shoes all the time and I walked around New York City like a duck you know I practiced that walk where your feet are you know I still kind of have that I really wanted to dance but I started like the you know this is the lesson I started too late in life mm -hmm. and um, I finally got myself to the School of American Ballet in New York which is what you know where they train for the New York City Ballet for my big audition because I wanted to join the School of American Ballet and I took off the day from school and my mom drove me into town and I put on my shoes, and I did half my routine, and this Russian lady just came up to me. She said, you will never be dancer. 
Oh man. Yeah, I was too old. How I was, old were, how I was old were all you? washed up. I was fourteen, and I was all washed up. She's at fourteen. Yeah, I, it was too late. It was too late. So my life's gone uphill since then, you know. I'd Gower, Gower Champion put me down. Really? Yeah, he was auditioning for um, for Annie Get Your Gun with Debbie Reynolds yeah. at the uh, at the Music Center. Uh-huh. And I had taken this workshop, a musical theater workshop. Uh-huh. And so they used to say, well, when you go in, you hand them your music and say, hi, my name is Mark Gordon, and I'll be singing blah, 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 blah. And I, didn't, I wasn't really a dancer. I was a singer. I was yeah. so trained. But I had leotards and tights on because it was like the, the dance thing, right? <laughs> so he pulls me over with another guy dressed exactly like me, the black leotards and tights, and he goes, don't ever wear leotards and tights to an audition. <laughs> So what was I to do? <laughs> you mean, wait, you were there for a singing audition? Well, it was like sing, but you had to dance too. And thank God, right before me, I mean, they were screaming. I heard this. I heard the the guy Cask says, "I don't care what you're singing," <laughs> because there were all these little musical theater workshop clones uh-huh. going into this audition. And so everyone would go, "Hi, my name is you know Buff Fripp, and, and I'm, I'm going singing. to be doing yeah, and I'm going to be and God, finally, I need this job from Corsland. Yeah, finally the guy says, "I don't care." <laughs> What? You're singing! <laughs> oh, God. But then, you know, then we come back to do the dancing. There I'm in the leotards and tight thing with another guy. Same color hair, same everything, same outfit. So needless to say, I didn't get that gig. Needless to say, you didn't get that job. So I ended up... Did you, get, did you get to sing your song? Well, I did the song the first day. Oh, 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 I see. This yeah. was your callback, really, your it, dance callback. Exactly, my big callback. Yeah. Which yeah. was not very big. Yeah, it didn't happen. So yeah. you're better... So. So at 14, at 14 you I were was destroyed. all washed up from, from the dance world. You became Medea at yes, that point. Yes, yes. I was very unhappy about it. But now I'm thankful because, you know, I, I really would be all, if I'd been a dancer, it would be over for me by now because, you know. You what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, it's a short lifespan. Well, now, oftentimes when you're, when you're uh, you know, working as an actor, even, yeah. you know, the filmmaker, you know, he was doing graphic design at night right. to support himself. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you're at the point now where you don't have to do something on the side. Yeah. You get to do strictly the acting. Yep. But what what kind of things? Did you have any, like, odd jobs to help get you by while you're waiting for your uh, big break? Yes, many of which I was fired from. I've been fired a couple of times, too. Oh, God. I'll I'll never forget. I was fired from this croissant shop in New York City on 57th Street. I was, you know, my biggest job was I would come in at the end of the day and I would sweep up. (laughs) I would sweep up all the... uh, you know the little napkins and the croissant things that you know. But you that pronounce it, hits the floor. it correctly. Sure, croissant. of course. I, yeah, I studied French. I thought you know I'm an educated girl. You know, and there I was. And uh, <laughs> I remember one night I was sweeping up, and they were playing Squeeze. Like you know, at the end of the day, they lock up the croissant shop and they blast the music. And I'll never forget this. It was that song, pulling muscles from a shell or whatever. Oh yeah. And I was just sweeping away, and and uh, my my manager came up and tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned and he said, "You're fired." And I said, I'm, I'm fired from sweeping at the croissant shop? And he said, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't need your attitude. And I, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I, I was a hard sweeper. I, 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 I worked so hard. But uh, I think he, I'm, sweat, I'm sweating and sweeping. I'm what more do you want? I'm sweating and sweeping. And I think it's because of the way I would pronounce croissant. I think that he thought I was snotty. Yeah. So I got fired from there. I was crying. Yeah, I was very upset. And I took the bus back home to New Jersey, and I said, Mom, I've been fired from my croissant shop. Yeah. I got fired from a couple of restaurant jobs, too. 
I'm not good at uh, waiting tables, and uh, you know, people get so upset about their food, and when they want their water, and when they want, they just get so angry. Yeah, I had a guy. I was doing the waiter gig as well, and yeah. I had this guy was so incensed that his water wasn't there, and so. You know, he just, he like stands up and he's like screaming at me. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't have to put up this for your 10% tip. Yeah. Somebody told me, you know, next time they do something like that, just say that, you know, you've had shock treatment today. You know, it's like, excuse me, but I've just had shock treatment today. And I, I my, my short-term memory is really, is really damaged. I used to think, you know, I'd run into people in the supermarket after, after seeing them, uh, you know, like busting my chops as a waiter, and I just felt like coming up to him and saying, "You know, you were you, just, you were you were horrible." Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, and it was like you will, you know, you'll die and you'll go to waiter hell one day. Yeah. Where, where you have <laughs> to you have to face all your demon, all these demon waiters Absolutely. that you, you screwed around with. The only good reason to be to wait tables is that for the rest of your life, you're you're so you know I'm so good now to waiters and waitresses, and I'm such a good tipper because I, I know over, I, fifty to sixty percent. Absolutely. It's a five dollar tip. Do you mind if I leave you a fifty? Would that be okay <laughs> with you, please? Just don't hate me and spit in my food. Did you ever do that? Did you ever spit in anyone's oh, food? Oh, no, no. I never spit in anyone's food. I, I wasn't that malicious. But I did. The, the last restaurant job I had, which, the last one, and I was fired from that, is I was, it, was, it was right after college, and I had just graduated from Vassar with a you know, BA in cognitive science. I, I was really proud of myself. I you know, kind of was at the top of my form in my mind. And I worked in this restaurant called The Country Kitchen in Chicago. And uh, I'll never forget it. I, I, I went to this table of, of ladies who came in for lunch, and this one was like, Miss, Miss, come here. And I went over, and she said, may I have two glasses of water with no ice in them? And I said, two glasses of water? She said, yes. And she, put, she held out her hand. She said, I've just had my nails done, and I need to cool them off. <laughs> and I said, you, you need glasses of water f to soak your nails in? And she said, yes, either that or they're going to chip. And I just started laughing hysterically. I just laughed my head off. I thought it was, it was just too unreal. And uh, I was fired the next day. Yeah, she said that... Uh, I had bad manners. <laughs> you know, I was, I was working at this. I was working at this place, and they had a piano, and I'm a singer, right? You sat down and started. Well, no, I mean, and the, 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 well, what'd you do? Well, no, I went over there, and I, I said, well, the waiter used to bring me wine. Like we'd go in like the walk-in, walk-in mm -hmm. kitchen. He goes, come here, Mark. So we'd go in there, and we'd have like a little, a little, little glass, of, little glass of wine, right? <laughs> so then we had a piano player next door. So I went over there, and I'm sitting in. I'm doing my funny Valentine, you know, doing all this stuff, right? So the manager comes over, and he goes, he's sitting back there, you know, tapping his foot, and they were all digging me, you know, because I was, I mean, that's what I, that's what I did, right? So he comes back, and he goes. You can either wait tables or you can sing in the restaurant. I go, okay, great. And then, I just, then it wasn't like I was fired, but they just, the way they would fire is they just wouldn't schedule you. So I'd come in and I go, well, what's my time? And they go, well, it's really not between 8 and 9. And, and from like 8 and 9, we have the day shift. And then from 9 to 10, we have this shift. And I go, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not on there. I, I'm not on there, sir. So, yeah, uh, I knew I, I knew that I had to leave the restaurant business though. When I found myself, you know, you know, you you know, it's time to go. When 
you take people's plates off the table and you go into the kitchen, and if something is uneaten, you know, before you throw in the dishwashing thing, you know, you take a big bite of sausage or something. <laughs> you know, there's a big leftover piece of steak. You're like, hey, guys, there's a big piece of steak left. I know, it's like, and everybody it's runs like over. You yeah. know, they come over. And people don't even use a knife and fork. You know, you just take a bite and pass it around. Well, how many times did you not take a full order of french fries to a table? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my the, God. La the lady with the water, she's sitting there and she goes, she goes well, um, wait a minute, I ordered a full order. There's supposed to be 36 french fries on this plate. You know, we're probably going to get arrested when all these stories get on the air. Isn't that amazing? That's, I'm sure it's illegal, all those things that we did. Do you ever feel like going back to those restaurants and, uh, and now that you're, you know, you have success? Yeah. What about when you're, you know, when you become a real big movie star? You'll go back and then they'll, they'll open with open arms. They'll, give, they'll want to give you a sweeping job back. Yeah, they'll put my photo up and say, she used to be a sweeper here. No, I don't know. I, every time, the croissant shop that I worked at is still open, and every time I pass by there, I give them a little snarl. I glare at them through the windows. Yeah, you go back in there one day and you go, well, I'll take that croissant. No, the expensive one, please. <laughs> Coming out later this year, you can see Hope Davis in Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Until next time, this is Mark Gordon, and I'll see you Center stage. Center stage, center stage, center, center, center stage. Center stage. Center stage is taped in front of a live studio audience. Hello, this is Homer Simpson. Whenever I want to know what's going on in the entertainment world, I listen to Center Stage with Mark Gordon. Hehehe. <laughs>